Yay! Omicron! Assuming nothing else is in the works, the pandemic is over! Hi, my name is Bob Grinier and welcome to RemoteView.ICU. In previous views, I have spoken about how my close family was exposed to and recovered from the original Wuhan version of the virus in early 2020, and that despite inadvertent and active attempts to get reinfected, I was unable to catch any variant up to and including Delta over a period of 19 months. This supports the notion that natural immunity is robust and enduring for variants in the same family. Notably, I was the only one that showed any symptoms at all, other than perhaps my then six-year-old son, who asked to go to bed early one evening, and, let's face it, children don't do that out of choice. I have also spoken about my inability to travel for work, due to arbitrary rules that failed to recognise the scientific reality of natural immunity, practical therapeutics, jab risk and failure culminating in an absurd conversation with my doctor on seeking a jab exemption due to my family and personal medical history risks, which he refused, leaving me with the only choice of catching Omicron as a ticket to ride. Fate. As an early 2020 COVID-recovered family that had chosen not to take the experimental therapies, we faced bleak entertainment prospects at Christmas 2021, as all the outside Christmas markets and venues had been shuttered. Moreover, we couldn't travel to be with family in the UK because of the restrictions which were prohibitively expensive and would have left us imprisoned in quarantine for the entire period. The jabbed, who I knew for a fact could catch and spread COVID, could, with impunity, go to cinemas, swimming pools and restaurants just with a flash of their compliance papers. My family, however, would have to spend as much as 4,000 Czech crowns, about $186, to do PCR tests every three days to enable us to access these services for two out of every three days. I decided to get ahead of this and take the family on a trip to Egypt over the school break, to get some sun and access to swimming and other entertainment, without all the draconian impositions. For one thing, I knew I had to start to understand Egypt, and I knew I couldn't go there for the first time without my wife. I'd never live it down. My plan was to wear out the family first, such that they just wanted to sit by the pool and do nothing for a few days, leaving me a window to apply to nine sites, with a proposal for dealing with the Fukushima radioactive tritium water. The plan worked perfectly. Everyone was extremely happy. We had a fantastic and very pre-2020 holiday experience, and I achieved the aim of delivering the proposal. Having had our Egyptian PCR test return a negative on the 31st of December 2021, we came back well refreshed and energised to start the new year on the 1st of January 2022. Sunday the 2nd, January 2022. First tooth. The following day, our daughter felt a little off. However, since we knew that she had a very wobbly tooth, we thought it may be that. Indeed, her first tooth came out later that day, and she was very excited to see what a fairy might bring her that night. The following morning, bursting with energy, she was excited to get to see her friends at school and tell them about her holiday and her newfound wealth. 
She showed no signs of illness or discomfort. Neither did her brother. Monday the 3rd of January 2022. Joint take. Both children returned from their late afternoon piano lessons, and we all enjoyed a hearty dinner together. After the children had gone to bed, my wife turned to me and said, I don't feel so good, and I replied, me neither. I've got a bit of a headache and some joint aches. We agreed that our symptoms felt like a bit of a cold onset. I thought to myself, maybe we finally managed to catch COVID again. Maybe it's Omicron, as my symptoms felt similar to those reported. Since my wife had no symptoms for the original disease, I considered it probably was just a cold. However, given how I had a pretty rough time the first time around, I decided to assume that it was Omicron and started treating myself accordingly. Overnight, I did not sleep well. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Tuesday, 4th of January, 2022. Rapid test. The following morning, I felt pretty rough, and so I went out and purchased antigen tests for my wife and I. They both proved negative, so perhaps it was a cold. But I still continued to assume that it may be Omicron, and treated myself accordingly. The kids went and enjoyed a normal school day. I, on the other hand, had myalgia and fatigue all day, so I worked from the sofa. It felt like a sudden onset man flu, that is to say, not a very bad cold. No coughing, no loss of smell or taste, not ordinary COVID. That evening, we got notification that someone had tested positive from our daughter's school, and so we had to keep our daughter at home and start 10-day quarantine procedures for her. By now, I had everyone on symptoms and age-adjusted protocols. Wednesday, 5th of January, 2022. Same, same. Though my wife was feeling much better, I felt pretty much the same the following day. Though this time, I had my sprightly daughter to keep me company at home. Later in the day, I popped out to get some more antigen tests. Again, it was negative. I was getting concerned that, despite going through all of the so-called symptoms of Omicron, it may be a dud and I would not benefit from actually having the real deal. That day, my SpO2 hit a low of 96, which is a normal figure. I'd never seen it above 98. I was reporting this to my wife when our son walked up, returning from school. He said he had a bit of a pain in his head and felt hurty all over. I said to my wife, I think he has what I have. I continued treatment as if I had Omicron. Thursday, 6th January, 2022. Test again. Our son was feeling normal, as was I, in the morning, and he wanted to go to class. Knowing that he was due for his bi-weekly COVID rapid testing at the school entrance, my wife escorted him there. He performed his test and was positive. The teacher was so surprised, she asked him to do another rapid test, which he did, and he was positive again. Therefore, he had to return home. I wondered how it was possible for him to feel ill the previous evening and then perfectly fine the following morning, with even a cold in full force. And then it occurred to me. He had basically been a vitamin D factory for the best part of the previous two weeks. As soon as I had heard of my son's double positive test, I decided to try testing myself again. And to my delight, I finally tested positive. 
third time lucky. My wife, however, subsequently tested negative and was extremely disappointed. If we, as a family, were to enjoy a six-month pass to the segregated freedoms of the jabbed, we had to get Omicron and get over it together. That evening, only I had any symptoms left, which were now reduced to a runny nose and an intermittent sneeze. Friday, 7th January, 2022. PCR. At 8.30am, we all went up the road to the testing centre to have our samples taken. On the way back, I bought a huge amount of food in preparation for our potential 14-day isolation. Throughout the rest of the day, my wife, who had been feeling normal for the best part of two days, was starting to get really worried that she was going to test negative. By the late afternoon, no one had any significant symptoms. That evening, to the relief of everyone, we all tested positive. In the first week of 2022, we had somehow caught Omicron and recovered from it. And because the isolation rules are designed for something that isn't like a flash cold, we were now starting our two-week isolation. As my wife and I are still exercising our human right to not be subject to experimental preparations, we were forced to pay 800 Czech crowns for the compulsory test and a further 200 for a certificate to be able to prove to third parties that we had had it. Because the pharmaceutical giants have not yet forced their preparations into our children's age group here in Czech, they are still entitled to two free PCR tests per month. However, we still have to pay for their certificates. In the end, our testing for the day cost 2,400 Czech crowns, or $111.60, with the $25.76 spent on the week's antigen testing, the grand total for testing was $137.36. Of course, being stuck at home for two weeks would have a much bigger impact on our children's education and our income than the testing costs. On the plus side, we can, without vulnerability, have all the freedoms of the vulnerable but privileged jabbed part of the population. As a bonus, as things stand, I have a 76-day window after involuntary incarceration to travel to the US to carry out some research that I have been prevented from doing for the best part of two years. Comparing costs and my personal treatment protocol. By now, regardless of if you have had COVID before or had many jabs, it is likely almost all people will get Omicron sooner or later. And it will, in my view, confer proper natural immunity to COVID. For most of my family, it was a nothing burger. And for me, it was about what some people report as the feeling you get from one of the jabs. Cost of experimental jab therapy. In addition to how much you are taxed to pay the pharmaceutical company for the jab and for the distribution and consumables like syringes, swabs, gloves, alcohol, etc., in many countries, the person giving them also gets taxation-derived cash. Since March the 16th, 2021, in the US, that is $40 per dose, 
So a physician recommending you get jabbed will receive $120 for two jabs and a booster. I have argued that a doctor with 1,000 people in their care might be incentivized to recommend jabbing in place of other options. Nice little risk-free earner for almost no time and zero skill investment. Imagine how much more expensive it would be in time for them to assess a patient and give them an individualized course of treatment or an exemption. Because the jab therapy only teaches your immune system the last variant of concern spike, and coronavirus spike changes so much, it will fail sooner or later. This must have been known from the outset by any half-intelligent vaccinologist. This was one of the main reasons I would have chosen not to consent to the therapy regardless of my personal risk factors and the fact I was immune to original spike long before the jabs were available. In my view, they were at best a not properly tested band-aid for a disease with little risk. Every member of my extended family in the UK, bar two, that had a full jab therapy course have caught Delta. They all ran the risk of the jab and all suffered about the same as me, but with the less dangerous Delta after submitting to the jab. To the best of my knowledge, every teacher of my children that had a full jab therapy course have since had Delta. Cost of safe generic therapy. Recently, I bought 10 packs of generic ivermectin over the counter in Egypt. No prescription, no questions asked for $28.60 total or $2.86 each. This is the commercial packaged variety. A bulk pill jar would be far cheaper. That is 240 times 6 milligram tablets. As far as I know, in Uttar Pradesh, India, their treatment packs contained 10 times 12 milligram tablets. I understand that was for 12 milligrams twice a day, two hours after eating per day for five days. Though do not take my understanding as gospel. That is 24 milligrams for five days. So my 10 packs would be enough to treat 12 people for the grand commercial cost of $2.39 per course. I would imagine that without all the packaging, this could be reduced to $1 per course. Because of the way ivermectin works, it should be effective against any strain. So having a pack ready to go should you get symptoms is just prudent. On the packs I bought, as long as it is kept dry and below 30 degrees centigrade, it should be good until July 2024. Moreover, when you recover with ivermectin assistance, you should have resistance to the whole virus, not just an old spike. Comparison of experimental jab therapy to safe generic therapy. mRNA and adenovirus vector jabs designed to get your body to build the last variant of concern spike were always doomed to fail and this has proved true. It seems inconceivable that this would not be expected by those in the pharmaceutical industry, so one might conclude that it was promoted by design to bring in the immunity-as-a-service never-ending jabathon.
By choosing to have them injected, the patient is 100% subjecting themselves to unknown long-term risks, which may be cumulative, and above those real short-term risks identified by the manufacturers before their emergency use authorization and proven true in publicly available data. It must be noted that the risk has been extremely correlated to specific batch numbers. If you think you have suffered from vaccine injury, you can compare your batch number to the frequency of reported adverse events for batch numbers at howbadismybatch.com. On the other hand, ivermectin has produced a solid relative risk reduction of 66% across scores of studies and thousands of participants, and it does not wane with every passing day. It is ready to go in your medicine cabinet with the current variant of concern for years. If we look at the cost of just the cash benefit to a doctor of delivering a doomed-to-fail three-jab course to a patient of $120 and assume a bulk price of $5 for a course of ivermectin in the US over twice the over-the-counter price in Egypt, we could arm 24 people with this early treatment component. I have selected to treat myself based on Indian government guidance from the 29th of September 2020. Given that Omicron does not appear to go deep into the lung, I do not feel personally there is a valid reason to seek an antibiotic to deal with the potential opportunistic bacterial infections. I am also doing what I did when I had the original strain in early 2020, that is a zinc ionophore, I used green tea first time round, zinc, vitamin D and C in adequate amounts. I chose to use the 6 milligram tablets I acquired from Egypt called Iverzine. In the package insert, there are dose protocols for treatment of two types of common parasites. Notably, like most well-studied medications over decades, there is a detailed list of side effects allowing for full informed consent. This is not true for the jabs that have been rapidly promoted globally as a means to end the pandemic, which they failed to do. How I personally dealt with Omicron. This is not medical advice, this is just what I did. I am 82 kilograms. Based off the 200 micrograms per kilogram detailed in the Iverzine package insert, which should be noted is for a one-off dose for threadworms, I would need 16.4 milligrams, so I decided to take three tablets, 18 milligrams, on day 1, 2, 3, and 12 milligrams on day 4 and 5. This puts my personal protocol somewhere between my reading of the Indian August and September 2020 protocols, and what I understand to be the 10 times 12 milligram tabs in the Uttar Pradesh main rollout pill packs. Again, I am not recommending this. This is my personal choice for my body weight and my reading of the claimed effective action with this medication in light of the observed pathogenicity of the Omicron COVID-19 variant. In addition to the ivermectin, I took daily 2,000 international units of vitamin D, less than 50 milligrams of zinc, 450 milligrams of vitamin C, and lots of tea. I also took a total of three 400 milligram ibuprofen tablets over the course of the infection. 
Curiously, from Saturday the 8th of January 2022, my SBO2 reading was 99, the highest I have ever seen it since I bought it halfway through my bout of the Wuhan variety in April 2020. My wife had only 2,000 international units of vitamin D. My kids had a small amount of vitamin D, 5 milligrams of zinc and 450 milligrams of vitamin C. We all ate well. When is one infectious with Omicold? According to one report for Omicron, it is believed people are at their most infectious one to two days before the onset of symptoms and during the two to three days afterwards. Likely because I am the oldest in the family, I was the slowest to recover and even I felt pretty normal after 72 hours after first symptoms. So I would kind of agree with the above statement. I had some residual brain fog that lasted longer, which was true of the original virus. Conclusion Omicron, in my experience, is just a cold, and a pathetic one at that. No otherwise healthy person should stop doing anything because of a common cold, just like all of our ancestors battled on, so should we. Basic health measures, sleep and good nutrition should see most people through. Unlike the rest of us, our six-and-a-half-year-old daughter never showed any antibodies for the Wuhan variant, and if she had any symptoms at all for Omicron, they did not last 12 hours. Similarly, our eight-and-a-half-year-old son's symptoms were gone overnight. In my opinion, no healthy child needs to get anywhere near an experimental jab which will not stop them getting it anyhow but may harm them or even prevent them getting proper immunity. For some at-risk groups, the inherently flawed jabs may have been a valuable, if temporary, shield until the emergence of Omicron, which usurps both their protection and originally claimed purpose. Although it must be said that there is comparative research that finds that higher vaccine rates are correlated with a negative effect overall on cases and deaths. Our testing to determine we had Omicron cost us personally 10 times more than the treatments we purchased over-the-counter to cure it. Along with the cash bonuses to physicians for never-ending jabs and the chance for little dictators to wield unearned power, there is a huge incentive to keep this scheme rolling. If the powers that be would just now let this bug rip with the use of known and effective generic therapies, all that need to would get proper full virus immunity and then the pandemic would be over. Delaying infection in the otherwise healthy, deliberately keeping tinder dry in populations, may give the virus a chance to extend its brief disruption of the glorious march of humanity. Now let's get back to living. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to remoteview.icu.